Thank you for joining us. God loves His children. He protects, provides, guides, forgives, and so much more. Therefore, He deserves our trust, praise, glory, honor, obedience, and so much more. Yet we often grieve our Lord by turning from Him to do things our way rather than turn to Him in obedience. And what does God do? He gives us what we don't deserve, His love, grace, and mercy. He continues to teach and develop us, and He is always available to us. The question is, when will we always be available to Him? Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander speaks to us. Lord, that's just so sweet in the house of God as the people sing to the glory of God. We thank you for your rains. We thank you for thunder and lightning. It all serves a purpose in your creation. Thank you, Father, that we have vehicles um, to come worship you. We've been in countries where they ride motorcycles and bicycles and even walk. Not paved road, but Dusty, dirty roads, sandals and feet all muddy, just trying to get to the house of God with no screens on the windows and mosquitoes biting, no back, no, no cushion in the seats, and no air condition. And yet people praise you, they exalt you. Help us to get, not to get so spoiled that we can't worship you with all our hearts, mind, and souls. And be thankful for who you are and for what you've done. You've been better than good to us. And we're here to say thank you. Can you say thank you? I mean, can you raise your voice and say thank you? Can you say hallelujah? Can you say bless you, Jesus? Love you, Jesus. You're an awesome God. Hallelujah. Help me to preach today, Lord. Apart from you, I could do nothing. We pray against satanic distractions. We pray that people come to know you today. Help us now. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. We're continuing our our journey through the book of um, Jonah. Jonah uh, chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 is our text as we... Uh, continue our journey, and then uh, we'll be going between chapters one and chapters two. And so, um, just uh, document, uh, go to your note section, or whatever you do, and and uh, write and document the word of God. The word of God uh, uh, says in verse four, particularly look down at verse four, and we'll go from there. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. I want to preach a message entitled, The Renegade Prophet Who Faced a Great Storm. A Renegade Prophet Who Faced a Great Storm. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Verse 4 is the Lord stirred a great storm. This was a storm that the Lord stirred because of the rebellion of Jonah. God knows how to reel his children back in when we go astray. 
A sure way to bring storms into our lives is to rebel against Almighty God. My friend, God knows how to get your attention and you can save yourself a whole lot of trouble if you only listen to him. Anytime you fight against God, you are fighting a losing battle. It's an exercise in futility, as a matter of fact. Anytime you fight against Almighty God, you are fighting a losing battle. And because of Jonah's rebellion, God sent a great storm. It wasn't a tiny storm. It wasn't this kind of storm that we had today. This, this was peanuts compared to what Jonah was facing. Why does God allow storms to come into our lives? Why does God allow storms to come into our lives? Jonah chapters 1 and 2. First of all, like Jonah, sometimes storms intrude into our lives because of our own personal rebellion against God. Our rebellion against God ushers in the storms of life. Verse 3 says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. How do you run from a God who's everywhere present? I mean, he was really kind of insane. When God disciplines his children, we know without a doubt it is he who is doing the chastening. And even in this passage is is clearly seen because in Jonah chapter two, verses three and four, a it says for Jonah, for Jonah says, you cast me into the deep. Who is the you that you is plural for God? God was chastening Jonah. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me, and your bi- and and all your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Sometimes we can get so beside ourselves till God says, Enough of you. Get out of my sight. And such was the case in Jonah. My friends, do not think that you are so important that you cannot be humbled by God. He knows how to shake up your life and bring you to your senses. No one under my voice is too hard for God. The same God that brought you into this world sure knows how to take you out. And uh, we see this so clearly in Jonah's case. The The chastening hand of God was so severe upon Jonah's life until he was taken out of this world and cast out of the sight of God by being swallowed whole by a great fish. Now, the, the fish, God could have said, now, I want you to bite him a little bit. He needs to bleed some. But, you know, that was a blessing that he was swallowed whole without being bitten. You know, that fish wasn't toothless. That fish could have got him all kinds of ways. But, but God said, swallow him. Now, don't, don't chew him. You chew him, you're going to kill him. I want to... I got a job for him to do. So I just want you to gulp him down. You're going to have a little indigestion there, but just gulp him down. Don't, don't kill him. Don't chew him. Don't even stick him. Just put him in your belly. (laughs) Wow. Who can know the mind of God? Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. 
And Jonah was taken into the depths of the sea, into isolation, into the depths of the sea, into seclusion, and into the depths of the sea in solitary confinement. Believe me, church, Jonah was messing with the wrong person, and you will be wise indeed if you learn your lesson from Jonah. All your lessons don't have to be hard learned. I can learn some pretty good lessons from from others who make mistakes and others who fail. I don't have to go through what they go through if I just learn their lessons. Sad when you see others uh, hit the pits and then you don't learn from them being in the pit and you fall in the pit too. Beloved, do not delegitimize this real historical actual account of Jonah. This is a real actual account. Of re- don't let delegitimize it. It's a real actual account. Jesus himself validated Jonah being in the belly of the great fish. He didn't, get, he didn't say what kind of fish. He says it was a great fish. It was a big one. It was a big one. Real big. Great fish. Matthew 12, 39 through 41 says uh, in that great gospel passage, but he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. See, even here, Jesus legitimizes Jonah and the fish and his being in the belly of the great fish. Verse 40 says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Verse 41. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, judge it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. Jesus is saying, I'm the authority. I'm here. I'm the one that called that fish. He said, a greater than Jonah is here and you all won't hear me. The people of Nineveh repented at the, pre- at the preaching of Jonah, but you won't hear me. Jesus himself referred to the account of Jonah as a historical illustration of his own literal death, burial, and resurrection, thus reinforcing the truthfulness of this narrative. Secondly, I'd like to say about storms. Why does does our Lord allow storms to intrude into our life? Sometimes the decisions of others, such as a spouse, such as parents, a spouse can bring storms, Parents can bring storms. Your children can, can pull parents and the whole family into a storm. Siblings can pull the family into storms. Grandchildren can pull the family into storms. Uh, they all can cause storms. Sometimes we directly don't create these storms, but those nearest us, those that we love the most, they make decisions that affect the whole family. He said, where is that? Verse 5a says... Then the mariners were afraid. You see, friends, Jonah's rebellion affected everyone on the ship. Everyone on the ship was affected because of Jonah's rebellion. Willfully sinning against God is so selfish because your sin not only affects you, 
but those you love the most around you. Even the decisions made by an employee, even the decisions made by the, by the government can whirl all of us and all of our lives uh, and, and this whole nation into a crisis. That's why we ought to pray for those in authority over us and not spend so much time uh, talking and gossiping them down because gossip is not going to help anybody. And being frustrated is not going to help anybody. The Bible says pray for all those in authority, from the president to the Supreme Court, to Congress, the Senate, the mayors, even those who um, uh, give oversight to the curriculum of your children in school. Pray for those who are in authority because they can world us into a crisis. Thirdly, why, do, why does God allow storms to come into our lives? God allows storms into our lives to drive us back to him. He allows storms to come into our lives to drive us back to him. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 7a it says, When my soul fainted within me, I mean, I remembered the Lord. Underline that. I remembered the Lord. Friends, God allows storms in our lives to drive us back to him. Sometimes we stray against God, or stray from God, and we wander from God. We, we think we can handle it, on our, uh, uh, handle it uh, on our own. We are independent of God, and God says, okay, you thank you all that. Let me just bring something in your life where you have to cry out to me. And that he did in the case of Jonah. Jonah was put into a situation where he remembered the Lord. The scripture says it right there. And his only option were to either die or surrender to the Lord. What options he had? Hey, you're going to die or surrender. Take your pick. You're going to die or surrender. His dire situation drove him back to his God. God knows how to bring you back. God knows how to bring you back. Okay, you disconnect yourself from the church, get out there, and then when you come in here, you, you act like you don't want to be here. You can't open your mouth and sing. You can't say amen. You got to think about it. You're going to give God tithes and offering. Uh, you want to, you, 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 you come in here with an entitlement mentality as if people owe you. Uh, you, you a la carte the church is not what you can do for the church, but what the church can do for me. And God is saying, you're not all that. He said, let me just put something in your life to humble you, to bring you to your spiritual sense. God knows how to humble us and he knows how to bring us back to him. And he can do it in some strange ways. He can put you in situations where your friend can't help you. Your, your, your wife can't help you. Your children can't help you. Your grandchildren can't help you. Nobody can help you but God. But God, Jonah was in a situation where no one could help him but God. Who could help him in the bottom of the sea? How deep was that sea? Who was going to go down there and, and who was going to go in that fish's belly? I wasn't. You wasn't either. You said, God help him. You know. And sometimes God, God puts people who are renegades in a situation where absolutely no one else can help them. No one else can help them. And sometimes, uh, let me say this too. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Sometimes God's chasing hand put people in certain circumstances and then all of a sudden your compassion and pity and mercy want to bail them out, get them out before God get through with them. Listen, when God is dealing with somebody, let God deal in his totality with them and don't be so quick to try to deliver persons who are under divine chastening from that full chastening. Because if you do, you'll create a bigger problem. Why don't y'all say amen? You can't bail everybody else out. Sometimes God will put your child, God will will put your husband, God will put your wife, God will put uh, your your co-worker in a situation where you say, you know what, this is so tough that only thing we can do is just cry out to God. This is beyond me, it's beyond you, and if we're going to be helped, it's going to take God to get us through this. And that was the case of Jonah. Fourthly, why does God allow storms to come into our life? Number four, we can survive any crisis if we, like Jonah, pray our way through. I tell you what, we, crisis have a way of teaching you how to pray. Now, crisis has a way of increasing our prayer lives. Crisis help us to pray. Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it's all in this chapter. And you know, you have to really read the scripture, and you got to read it slowly and meditatively, and you begin to uh, lift out of the text, unpack out of the text uh, the insights that God wants to teach us. In Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and in verse 7 and B, it says, look, 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 look what it says here. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. Oh, it was time to pray. If he was in there, it was time to pray. I know I would have prayed. Wouldn't you have prayed? Talk talk back to me now. Wouldn't you have prayed? You ought to be glad you wasn't dead. Jonah, okay, so that's prayer number one. Look, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. Prayer number one, verse two. And he said, I cried out to the Lord. I mean, he was crying out to God because of my affliction. Prayer number two. Out of the belly of Sheol, the grave, I cried and you heard my voice. Prayer number three. Look at that. Verse 7b. And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Prayer number four. Jonah prayed. Jonah prayed. Jonah prayed, and Jonah prayed. How many times did he pray? He was down there praying. And I'm quite sure he prayed more than the times that's documented here. Being in the belly of a great fish deep down in the sea was like being buried alive in a grave. In verses 1 and 2 and verse 7, Jonah's distress caused him to cry out to God in prayer four times. You cannot get so low and deep into your troubles that you cannot cry out to God in the midst of your despair. And the Lord will help when you humble yourself and cry out to almighty God. 
Jonah prayed. Let me tell you something. When you go through the storms of life, the adversities of life, the trials of life, listen, it's, it's time to pray. As a matter of fact, if you're praying before the storm, you, 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 you're more prepared in the storm. Most people collapse in the storm because they weren't praying before the storm. Verse 2 says, 2b says, and he answered me. He answered me. God heard my prayer. Jonah Jonah experienced the mercy of God in that his prayers were answered. Beloved, it's a terrible thing to be in a crisis and God refuses to answer your prayers. Your rebellion can be so bad or you can be so hard a stiff neck until God says, you know what? I hear, but I'm not going to answer prayer. But but he has mercy on Jonah and and he answers his prayers. Uh, number five, it says oh, how, how, how to get through the storms and why do they uh, come into our lives? Be mindful while you are in a storm. Let me see how many of you have any of you have been in a storm or trial or crisis beyond your control. Let me see your hands. Well, now, now, if you haven't, you just keep saying good morning. Uh, you, you come, you, 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 one is on the way. So this is preparing you for what you say. What? You don't know where life will find you. And don't be so quick to sit in the judgment seat on others because you don't know what's coming your way. Be mindful while you are in the storm. God is always in complete control. God never loses control. And God never scratches his head saying, what am I going to do with this case? He is always in absolute, complete control. You say, let me show you how uh, this, this is. Let me give you an example. Verse 15 says, so, so the crewmen, they picked up Jonah. I don't know how much he weighed, but, if, but, but he was the problem. So they picked him up and they threw him into the sea, into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. Look at that. Beloved, your attitude in the storm often determines just how long your storm will be. Your attitude. I mean, when you have an attitude of gratitude and you have an attitude of trusting God, depending on God, even when you don't understand what's going on, even you don't know how it's going to work out, you know that your God is able and he hasn't brought you this far to leave you. Your attitude is what blesses God and, and perhaps even shorten the storm. God prepared, listen, God prepared a great storm. It was God who prepared that storm. God allowed the storm to fulfill its purpose to get Jonah off that ship. See, I want him off the ship. Blow wind. <laughs> Blow. <laughs> that wind. Shh. You know, in, in, this, in this whole book, everything obeys God except Jonah. Everything obeys God except Jonah. The wind obeys God. The, the, the big fish parks by the boat and ready to gulp him up, you know. And then, then the tree, later on we're going to talk about it. It obeys God and creates everything. The worm came and did his thing. As God moved. Everything that was moving in those four chapters was obeying God. And here we are, the crown of God's creation. Here we are made in the image of God, God's own children. And we struggle just to do what God says do. 
Beloved, your attitude in the storm often determines just how long your storm will be. God prepared a great storm. God allowed the storm to fulfill its purpose. And God knew exactly when the storm would end, when to end it, which reinforces the fact that God is always in control no matter how dismal things may appear. God is in control. And that, that's, that's your reassurance. That, that, that's your hope. That's your help. That, that, that gives you peace. That gives you comfort. That settles your spirit down in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of uh, catastrophic events, in the midst of things beyond your control. God is there. Number six. It is through the storms of life that God teaches us about ourselves. Sometimes you think you know you and you don't know yourself as well as you think you do. And so God has to sometimes give you a little test so that you can examine yourself, search yourself and uh, see how uh, you work things out in this kind of situation. It is through the storms of life that God teaches us about ourselves. Even our Lord was not exempt from the storms of life. Now, if Jesus wasn't exempt from the, from the storms of life, what make you think you're going to get by this, uh, get, get by in life without a storm? Oh, why me? Why did I have to get sick? Why did my child have to die? Uh, why did I have to get cancer? Why did I have to have this wreck? Why did my house have to burn down? Why was I, my house flooded out when I just canceled the insurance? And on and on it goes. Listen, no one, absolutely no one gets through this life without storms. Not even the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Let me give you a biblical illustration to attest to this. In Mark chapter 4, verses 37 through 40. Mark chapter 4, verses 37 through 40. The text says, here again. And a great windstorm arose. Now, Jesus knew it was going to arise. Nothing catches God by surprise. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat against the boat. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.